Hi, welcome to the Subs Bench. I'm Sam, and today I'm joined by my good friend Matt. Hello there, guys. Uh, this is the second ever episode of the Subs Bench. I'm also doing a politics podcast called The Backbench, coming out on Saturday, uh, Saturdays. Uh, I'd like you guys to tune into that as well. I'll be having a guest on uh, this Saturday. Uh, we're going to go straight into the news today. I've got a few headlines, a couple of which I mentioned last week in the podcast with Nish. Uh, the first one is officially Timo Werner has agreed to sign for Chelsea. Uh, I'm quite, I'm, to be honest, I'm quite jealous of that. As a Spurs fan, we need another striker. Well, we need any striker, realistically, not let alone someone of Timo Werner's quality. Um, it's a great signing for them. Yeah, they've got Tammy Abraham. What are they going to do with him? But I'd like to see them bo- play both. Uh, I'd like to see Lampard play both of them together, to be honest. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Um, see, the thing is with Werner, it's good that see, he can sort of play anywhere across the front yeah. three. Um, I think he... See, uh, in the first leg against us in the Champions League, he played off the left of Schick. Um, and, well, Schick's quite tall. I'm, I'm pretty sure Abraham and Schick are sort of the same yeah, yeah. height. So even if they were sort of playing off each other. But, um, see, if, see, look, uh, as well, obviously, they've got Ziyech uh, coming in as well. Um, it's quite worrying in a way. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, just, just from a Tottenham point of view. Um, I don't think... I don't but, think... yeah, no, Werner's a good signing. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't... As I said last week again, when he played Spurs, he wasn't too impressive in the two legs. He didn't stand out as much. Like he was hyped up a little bit, but you know, not that he is not to take any anything away from how good he actually is. But he didn't stand out. I think that's sort of all. Oh, sorry. Uh, and I was going to say is I think it does sort of like it's good that he can, as I said, play yeah, off the exactly. left or the right. But his main will always be up top. I think like yeah. He's obviously he's that is, very quick. That is crucial for him. and he's very clinical. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't take that. Again, doesn't take anything away from Tammy Abraham. If you play him, Werner, on on the wing, is uh, essentially, you get still get to have Abraham as the main striker. Definitely, yeah. And doesn't take anything away from his development. Even though I think it's pretty much a consensus that Werner is better than Abraham at this point in both of their careers. But like, uh, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say Abraham's. I don't know. It's a weird one with Abraham because I, I do like him. Um, yeah, he's good, obviously, for England and stuff, but. Someone of Werner's quality, uh, especially just his numbers in Germany speak alone. Yeah. He's got like what I think he's second top goal scorer right now, yeah. and only behind Lewandowski, yeah, exactly. which isn't exactly you know a bad thing. Uh, next headline we've got talking about Germany is that officially again I mentioned it last week, but Bayern Munich have now won their eighth straight Bundesliga title. I talked to Nish about this well last week and said that how uncompetitive. Well, it's not exactly uncompetitive, but the fact that Bayern win every year does hamper my enjoyment of it to a degree. Like, because the football being played is actually good. There's like a bit of a title race, but you know the main outcome. Well, you know what's going to happen every season because Bayern are just a class apart from everyone. Does that, like, do you feel the same way? or? Uh, yeah, it's it's a shame, really, because I think there is a lot of quality. I mean, the defending uh, just seems, just uh, whatever, like some people may say on Twitter or anything else. Um, defending is a bit, you know, meh, <laughs> I yes. guess, uh, at points. But, I mean, Dortmund, uh, Hardy really, like, especially, like say, like, last year, they were very, very close, but then they tailed off along the end. Yeah. Um, that seems to be I a mean, bit of a theme. Is, yeah, and also with Bayern, uh, what, they sacked their manager. Uh, was it, I think it was Kovac's yeah, name. Um, and then, obviously, they, they started to do well again, uh, in uh, like December, and then they've just—I think they're on 
they're on like a winning streak, I'm pretty sure as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're always a good team. They're not boring to watch, especially like uh, what Alfonso Davis. Oh, yeah. um, probably the most uh, exciting in that team at the moment. I'm not, I'm not obviously taking anything away from someone like you know, Lewandowski because like obviously it's Lewandowski is a top striker. Um, but yeah, I, I just think as well, uh, obviously Bayern take a lot from the other teams as well. Yeah. And although it's like uh, the main two, they're not really rivals. No. They're just, they're, it's literally just two top teams going at yeah. each other. Whereas you might see City and Liverpool being more rivals now. Um, it's not that same sort of vibe yeah, in Germany, I've... which uh, doesn't make it as intense in a way. Yeah, I think the main problem is that they sign players from within their own league. Which like yeah. doesn't give the chance, doesn't and other teams are left without chances to strengthen. And when all their players are like, Borussia Dortmund could be considered essentially a feeder club for Bayern Munich, even though they are their closest rivals. They've signed a lot of first team players from them over the uh, last few years. Like Goetz was there for a while, uh, Lewandowski, Hummels was there. I know he's back at Dortmund now, but it says a lot when you're not to mention they were both obviously on a free exactly, as well, yeah, which that's is brutal, massive, yeah. Um, and last headline before we go back into the Premier League, uh, Napoli have beat Juventus in the Coppa Italia final. Let's give Gattuso a trophy. Lorente winning a trophy. Oh, Spurs legend Lorente winning a trophy at Napoli. It's what we love to see. Go on. Um, yeah, it's very... I feel very sorry for Sarri. Yeah, I do as well. It's like... I know, obviously, like he... Well, I would have... I still say... Obviously, I would rather that Chelsea won. Well, obviously, they did win last year. But I mean, at the time, I was like, I'd rather Chelsea win the Europa League over Arsenal, of course, yeah. for obvious reasons. Um, but I just feel sorry for Sarri. Like, even like the title race in Italy is sort of, it's more open. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're top at the moment, Juventus. But I mean, it's not like by a lot. Lazio are doing quite well. Um, Inter Milan. Yeah. Uh, Ericsson, just like to say, was fantastic last yeah. night. <laughs> uh, against Sampdoria um, good 2-1 win for them but um, no, in, in general it's just well yeah Sarri's literally won one trophy and also as well obviously used to manage Napoli and Napoli's done one over I, I feel bad for him as well because like him only winning one trophy and it being a competitive title race doesn't really reflect on him as a manager because he is a good manager yeah. who a lot of fans, even it's like Chelsea or Juve, don't seem to have that much patience with him. Well, especially, it's, yeah, I think I think it's unfair. It's, it is unfair, um, especially at Chelsea. He was never really given a chance to succeed. They rejected Sarri Ball, whatever they called it, when it first came in, essentially. Because um, I know, uh, obviously, he brought in Jorginho yeah. from uh, Napoli. Yeah. He was well, he was excellent. Napoli uh, came over to Chelsea. Um, I mean, a lot of people sort of judged him off of assists and stuff because obviously I think he only got like one or two, but um, he was very like essential in that team, obviously bringing Kante forward, which me personally, I would have either swapped them two around. I just don't see... I mean, it, it works okay, yeah. but I mean, uh, Kante is just so good um, as a ball winner, uh, as a lone DM. So yeah. there's... Because bringing, uh, bringing him forward strange. wasn't... A terrible decision because he does have the ability to play further forward. But why yeah, would like, you? As you, but 
Right. Oh no, I was just going to say because he did score a few yeah. goals. So. But as like you're saying, why would you take him away from the role that he's best at, where he's one of the best players in the league, if not the world, in that position? When when Sarri got there, obviously he's had some injuries that have set him back a little bit. But taking him away from the position that he's best at, arguably was a mistake, just to accommodate Jorginho. I wouldn't like. It, it was a bit of a shame to I, see. Nothing coming. to take away from Jorginho, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. but it's just it's Kante at the end of the day. I mean, what he, he hasn't been the best this season really but I mean injuries obviously doesn't help yeah um, but even even like like just going back to say like uh, Chelsea fans sort of like rejecting Sarri Ball um, Juventus fans are I mean just from what I sort of see on Twitter again um, not a lot of them are really patient with them either as like you were saying but I, I don't know like you, you're gonna have to wait like two three seasons maybe just for him to um you know, show what the kind of football yeah. they're playing. And of course, as well, even with Man United, obviously they were so iffy about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, I'm I'm still a bit like, like he, he I think he's a okay manager, just yeah. not, it's, it's, it's a weird. He comes across him, like but, sometimes um, like he's a bit out of his depth, but he is a, yeah, still a good um, manager. Like, obviously he's got, a lot of good players with him, but it like even like this season's bringing in just sort of like young players like Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's been tough like not having Pogba. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, was, just with uh, going to solve shot. Um, talking about the Premier League, we'll go straight back into that now. It restarted on Wednesday, and the first match of the restart was Aston Villa versus Sheffield United, and it was shocking. <laughs> it was absolutely. It yeah. was it was terrible. It was a really uh, dull game. Possibly we'll talk about this a bit later and the concept of the restart of a whole. But the game be, game was dead. Possibly, well, most likely lack of match fitness. Players not used to playing in an empty stadium. And obviously, like the main thing as well, um, that really odd goal line yes. technology. Um, I just it's so weird how. Um, like I'm not sure if the linesman actually saw it goal line. I imagine he did, but the thing is, they can't really do anything about it now no. because, well, to be fair, goal line technology has been very consistent. Yeah, it's been I've good, never yeah. ever seen a never seen a problem with it since it's come in. Um, but apparently, like the cam, some cameras were being blocked. And it, it just it really confused. It was me. really like, weird. How I'd be living if I was a Sheffield United fan. It's been rough, especially with like Europe. Yeah. Uh, European ambitions, um, but I mean, I'm although uh, Villa lost yesterday. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll take that point. Yeah, they will. But it was it was a dead game, apart from the massive talking point, which was goal and technology. And linesmen can't really do anything about it because they've got to go and the referee they've got to go with what goal and technology says. And if they're saying it's not a goal, they've just got to go with it. I think it's fair enough though, as, yeah. as I've literally like just just sort of said like. It's been so like um, it's been so good. So you would um, you would expect it to work all the time, yeah. uh, of course. But uh, on this time, uh, hasn't worked, uh, which is a bit of a shame. But I think it will be fine in the future still. Uh, later on in that day, uh, Manchester City battered Arsenal in the later game three uh, nil. David Louise with an all-time disaster class in that match. Uh, com- coming on at fault for the first goal, conceding the penalty, getting sent off. It was terrible. 
I think it's just sort of typical that the ways at Arsenal. Um, I did. All, I also saw a stat. Um, ever since he came back to Chelsea from PSG, uh, David Luiz never conceded a penalty, and he's already conceded four uh, while wow. being at Arsenal. Wow, that says so, it all. <laughs> see, <laughs> it's. I don't understand. Uh, people are even saying stuff like uh, he's a secret agent. He's, he's only <laughs> just gone over to Arsenal to sort of like mess with them. I mean, I doubt it, but it, it does sound quite it's, interesting in that honestly, way. Honestly, um, it was... It was a really poor performance from not just David Luiz, but Arsenal as a whole. Obviously, they had the couple of injuries to start the game. And obviously, they were playing Man City, who are unstoppable once they get going. But they looked they looked poor out there. The squad, the starting lineup wasn't really something that you'd expect to see from a, t- a team that wants to be finishing in Champions League places. Obviously, they're not the, near that at the moment, but that's what they want to be, uh, want to be going for. And it just didn't. They just didn't look good. See, I'm surprised, um, and I'm Spurs fan and everything, but I'm, I'm just surprised Meza Ozil wasn't in the yeah. squad. Because, um, I mean, he's their main creator. He, like, I know, like, he hasn't been nowhere as near as good. Yeah, he's not whatever, where he used to be. But um, he's still a very, like, he can link the defence to, like, midfield very well, um, and obviously to attack. Um, and to not even include him in the, like, the whole squad yeah. was sort of baffling. Um, and of course, Arsenal got an injury like what two minutes in, yeah. Granit Xhaka, and then Pablo Mari. Yeah. Well, obviously that when David Luiz came on, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very strange. Um, just sort of what's happening with Arsenal, because yeah. um, as well, like I like well, I like Arteta. He's alright. I mean, I've always I've always liked him as a <laughs> yeah, player. Absolutely. Um, when I was younger, obviously when he went to Arsenal, I was a bit annoyed, but um, I think he has a lot to learn. He like, does. I, I don't think people are, were, are too quick to judge him. Like, well, they, they shouldn't be. I mean, although he was, what, how, how long was he with Pep? Two or three? Yeah, well, about three years. Yeah. Um, he's not going to, like, turn into Pep straight away. Um, I'm not sure if he's particularly the right man for the job at the moment. They've last night have been in a pretty steady decline over the last few years towards the end of, end of uh, Wenger's time there. And then when Emery came in and under Arteta, they don't seem to be in a good place at the moment. I think Arteta, if they're willing to give him a long time to try and rebuild the club, that that might be okay. But if they want their fortunes turned around instantly, I'm not sure Arteta's got the experience yet to be the right person for the job. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, what I will say... Uh, like I was just touching a little, little bit earlier with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Man United. Um, obviously, there were so many links with, say, Pochettino going while Ole is at Man United. Um, but I think like uh, Ed Woodward is going to stick with Ole and sort of let him do what, sort of do what he wants over the next two three years to see where they go. Yeah. And I think that's what they've got to do uh, under Arteta, um, the Arsenal uh, under Arteta, because obviously he's not going to just do it. Just yeah, like that, it's, he's not going to switch everything around. It's important to give managers time nowadays, as you mentioned with Sarri earlier, who didn't get that at Chelsea. And as we're seeing at Spurs now with Mourinho, he needs time to get going realistically. He needs to be backed financially more than anything, but that's another story. Yeah. And Pochettino was given time at Spurs. He came in and Spurs weren't in a good position and completely turned the club's fortunes around. So giving managers time is really important. 
even with not getting the most amazing financial backing yeah. from Mr. Levy himself. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, on Friday, Southampton won three 0 away at Norwich. Uh, pretty much confirming to everyone that like everyone reacted and saying, "Well, like, yeah, Norwich are going down." I think, but um, which is a bit of a shame. They have got a few talented players: Max Aaron's, Todd Cantwell, Jamal Lewis to an extent. Uh, yeah, so um, and a good manager I'll as watch. well. So, oh yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, that's no, all right. Um, yeah, uh, it was a very sort of cagey game, very sort of off. Um, but Southampton grew into the game more because um, Norwich were sort of dominating, yeah. and then they couldn't really get the chances off. Um, I know Danny Ings hit the bar in, uh, in the first half, but then second half Southampton were just they were just very yeah, good. Yeah, run away with it. Um, Danny Ings is. It's actually like I'm so I'm so happy for him how it yeah. sort of turned out for him now because obviously injuries at Liverpool um, and out Southampton he's well I'm not sure how many goals he's got I mean he's probably got about I think he's like fourteen or fifteen I can't remember the top of my head but um, you know he's he's doing really well so um, yeah yeah it's, it's good for him and then um, yeah I think Norwich are down and yeah. out I, I'm I'm not I can't really see them getting out of the no uh, getting out of the bottom three. No, can I? Um, later in that day, Spurs drew 1-1 with United. Um, a very frustrating result for us. So I'll let you talk about that first, Matt, because I'm sure you have a lot to say about it. Yeah, um, again, there's a lot of, as we sort of know, there's a lot of uh, people that aren't very Mourinho in. Um, and there's not sort of a lot Mourinho out. It's sort of in the middle, yeah. I think. Um, personally, I- I've always said this ever since... He got appointed. I'm going to give him time. Yeah. Um, but I just... I think he had the tactics sort of right. Yeah, I, I agree. Because he was... I, I think what he said about letting United have the ball is because obviously they were saying uh, their weakness is letting them play football. Yeah. Uh, which obviously sounds very weird. But I mean, in a way, it almost worked up until obviously um, that penalty. Um, but uh, yeah, no, just going back to sort of like tactics-wise... Um, all it's all said and done that you know how he's done it, but I, I just think because we're the home team, we shouldn't really be playing it at home. It's so difficult. Like yeah. he was moaning just before sort of um, lockdown. Obviously, obviously losing Kane, Son. Uh, obviously, we lost Bergwin towards the end as well. Um, it's so hard, but he's got all these players back, and I know again it's the first game back, but it's. I just hope we're not going to be like that too much because at certain times, because even under Pochettino towards his like the end of his reign, we weren't playing the best football. No, it, was, really. it was negative football. Um, yeah, but we was getting results, but then it then sort of turning off uh, 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 into the turn of 2019, um, apart from the Champions League final. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying about the tactics. Mourinho did seem to have it right. Like he set up in a similar way to when um, played against Manchester City. Like, when, if you know the, the team you're playing strengths, just do what you can to stop that. Let 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 United have the ball, a deep block, didn't, and then hit them on the counter-attack, as you saw with our first goal. He had the tactics right, it looked like, but it was an individual mistake that cost us. Not to really take anything away from Eric Dyer because he did play well, fairly well in that match, to be honest, at centre-back. I think he's a lot better there than in midfield. Um, yeah, and I was really impressed with Dyer, actually. Um, 
he, he didn't obviously have to do as much running or anything, which is probably <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Um, but even then, Sanchez helped him out quite a lot. Um, apart from like uh, in the first half. Yeah, Sanchez made a couple of mistakes in the first half. Yeah. Um, which I think he'll, he, that will eventually start to go. Yeah. Because um, I think he's he could be like one of the top in the future. I mean, it's like what twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fine. But um, with Dai, I'm I'm not, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on the actual like the first penalty incident. Um, I personally, I see. I, I'm 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 a bit. I want to say no because it 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 sort of looked like in the end that Pogba sort of pulled Dai towards yeah. him. But then, at the same time, you can't really be doing that no. against with, with Pogba because uh, I think any sort of contact, you, yeah, exactly, exactly, you're gonna go down. I would want the same. I'd want the penalty if, say, Kane went down. That's exactly box. what I I was about to say. Because if I if a Spurs player had gone down and that wasn't given, I'd be really annoyed. But at, at the same time, you could you could, it isn't realistically it isn't enough to go down. But in no. football, if you do that kind of if you do that kind of thing, it's gonna be a penalty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then obviously that. Um, well, I guess we can sort of talk about the first goal. Um, see, so many people are quick to go towards. Um, obviously, it was shocking goalkeeping <laughs> yeah. from uh, De Gea, yeah. but I think it it's very. Um, it's just annoying, especially with the punditry and the commentators <laughs> all like heavy united yeah, which that was annoyed it me even really more. irritating um but i think bergman done really well he there. did really well um I, if you see just before um marino was just obviously when we had like the water break marino was just talking to like obviously his players um and talk, said to bergman and then it's basically like what a couple minutes after um bergman goes through uh turns Maguire. And it's it's a good like, finish to be fair. Uh, it, was, it was a good, yeah. Just obviously the goalkeeping, poor goalkeeping as well. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, I'm I'm just I'm so happy with Bergwin. Um, again, saw another stat. It was like um, first Spurs player since Van der score in his first three home games. Um, and obviously, well, he's in sort of Spurs folklore in a way. And yeah. um, obviously, he didn't win anything, but you know like that. But <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, Obviously, he was loved, and Bergwin's settling in really yeah. well. Um, I thought it was a shame not to see Lacelso and Ndombele start. I thought I did think that um, Sissoko and Winks played well. I'm not sure if I would have started them, but they were okay. Lamella, Lamella was all right until he touched the ball. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm dear. not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> sit here and rant about Eric Lamella for ages. But I, I wouldn't have started him. I would have started Lacelso in his place if he was going to play someone in that position. Um, yeah, see, I thought Lamella, Lamella was getting into really good positions, yeah. um, first and second half, but it's just that final ball, he, he was either, uh, he either just couldn't do it because he was being very hesitant, which is always a thing with Lamella. Yeah, it's been that He's way very forever. hesitant at times. Um, so that's it, that's just right. And of course, um, he doesn't have a right no. foot, um, so He's he's quite limited, so it, it wasn't too hard for, uh, you know, for United to sort of like defend against him. But um, as well, maybe not starting Lamella, um, even playing say Ndombele, yeah, um, and like a not like a number ten, but even if it was like a midfield three, yeah. Sissoko, Winks, and Ndombele, and then obviously having Son Bergwin, okay. uh, 
on the wing. Yeah, yeah and obviously, yeah, Kane up top. We should probably um, mention that Kane was really underwhelming, but he is coming back from an injury. Yeah, I, it's it's so hard. I love Harry Kane. He's like just amazing yeah. <laughs> for, for Spurs fans, obviously. But um, yeah, it, it was it was really sort of sad to see. He looked absolutely knackered. Yeah, he did. Um, towards just well, probably like the sixtieth minute, but. I'm sort of happy he did play the 90 minutes, but it showed that he should have come off. And just one thing, just to sort of go back to Lamella, but maybe not starting. One thing that sort of annoyed me was when Mourinho was um, talking about um, how he didn't have um, the options on the bench with Lucas and Ali, which is it's obviously a miss. Yeah. But again, going back to Ndombele, if you start Ndombele, don't start, say, Lamella. Lamella can then come on. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think his, his, role, his role at best, I think, is an impact sub. For our team, at least, is an impact sub. And that probably goes the same with yeah. Lucas as well. Um, so, obviously, like, with Lucas, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but like, especially if he starts, because, I mean, it, I know, like, numbers don't speak everything all the time, but, again, like, like what four goals yeah. two assists he's hard I think he's had like what like five assists or something yeah. like that since he's come here which is it's quite bad really for a winger um, and someone who's supposed to be like a creative winger it's not like the best thing no. for him that's why I'm so happy with uh, Bergvine. Um we should talk about United a bit so we don't spend all day on Spurs yeah, but, um, yeah um, United to be fair weren't were good. The game completely changed when Paul Pogba came on. Uh, yeah, Pogba. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what you think of Pogba, but I absolutely like. He's so. Yeah. I, I just. I think he's so good. Like at least top three midfielders on form in the yeah. league. Uh, so I, I mentioned last week when we did the top ten players. I didn't have Paul Pogba in my top ten. He. I had him as an honourable mention because he's. He isn't very consistent whether that's due to injuries or who the manager is he hasn't been on top form as regularly as you'd like to see for a player that is as talented as him but when he is on top yeah, form I guess yeah he's absolutely world class but better than world class and he came he came on and changed the game instantly and it was as a Tottenham fan it was really concerning when he came on and seeing how he impacted the game and as well as you say that that just annoys me more that Ndombele didn't get any minutes because yeah. I think it, it would have helped because personally I think well, not even I think we lost the ball too often yeah. when we were getting it in the midfield or anything like that. Um, just I think because obviously Sissoko looked tired. Um, I think Winks was all right in that uh, part, but obviously Sissoko hadn't yeah. played since January, uh, like Kane. Um, and so I think it was just so hard to not even see him get minutes because we've seen Jose, um, you know, praise him uh, sort of like ever since he like, sort of yeah. come back into training and that. Um, I just hope he starts um, against West Ham. I did as well. Yeah. Um, go, f- go through a few of the games a bit more quickly. There are four games on, on Saturday. Uh, Watford drew 1-1 with Leicester with two ridiculous goals from Ben Chilwell and Craig Dawson, especially Dawson's in the last minute of the game, um, the overhead kick. Uh, West Ham lost 2-0 at home to Wolves. You love to see it. And uh, Bournemouth <laughs> also lost 2-0 at home to Palace. And then, uh, See, oh no, I was just going to say with Bournemouth, um, I'm not sure if they'll stay yeah, up. That, They're very that's a shame, off. I think. Because I like Eddie Howe. Yeah. I think most people do like Eddie Howe. Um, 
But even even then, I've got to praise Crystal Palace as well. I mean, they're on the same points as us. Like, no disrespect to them, but yeah. compare both squads, they shouldn't really be mm. in the same position as A us. A great free kick from Milivojevic as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the big game, the big talking point on Saturday was Arsenal losing 2-1 away to Brighton. And there's a lot of talking points here. Uh, first of all, we had Bernd Leno's injury, which has caused a bit of controversy on Twitter. It was horrible to yeah, see as well. it was well, horrible though, to see. He's a good keeper yeah. as well. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Because I've seen a lot of people saying it's... Some people saying it was unnecessary unnecessary for Mope and a lot of people saying it was just an unfortunate injury because you get those kind of challenges in football a lot. Uh, personally, I think it was unfortunate. I mean, I don't think uh, Malpe was out to um, hurt anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's sort of an aggressive player, but I, w- I wouldn't think of him to be someone who would go out his way to injure. And I think there's some pictures I've seen that it looks like, oh, he didn't need to jump up or anything, but it's just in the movement of like you can look at any sort of picture like that and be like, oh, Malpay is definitely in the wrong. But it's just the way it happens, yeah. uh, like like with momentum. And obviously, I think Malpay had the right to go for the ball, but obviously he wasn't quick enough, and it was just unfortunate with the way uh, Leno uh, fell uh, on his knee because yeah. he could have like any other day maybe Leno would have been fine. Yeah. But um, it, it was it was unlucky. I was I think it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I do think it was a bit unnecessary for Mope, but I do agree that he wasn't. He had no intent to go and hurt. Yeah, Leno. see, yeah, because I, I, as I said, I just don't think he would go out his way to hurt him. But yeah, I, I think maybe it, it, it probably was unnecessary in a way. But again, I think he had the right to go for yeah. it. it. It's just really unfortunate, and I get hopefully Leno gets well soon because I don't really like seeing. I know he's rival or it, yeah, but it's like never like nice that, to see. I just hope it doesn't happen. Never nice to see yeah. any player injured. Um, after that, we had a great goal from Nicolas Pepe, which is what you want to see from him if you're an Arsenal fan. It's what you want to see from him more often. Is what they signed him to do, <laughs> and then yeah, uh, he was. I think he was. He was all right in the game. Yeah, he was. He was all right. Um, but is a lot of the problems been with his end product and. But when he's got that kind of end product, as he showed in the game, that's what they want to see from him on a regular basis. Personally, I think he will be consistent yeah. for Arsenal. He he was very good at Lille. Um, I think he just he needs he a bit of time to settle like, in. Yeah, I think especially like again, no sort of disrespect to the French league, but obviously it's very different to um, Premier League. I will give full and disrespect so, to the some, French league here because it isn't it. I know if you're PSG. It's, <laughs> I know if you're, if you're playing, not playing for PSG, it isn't it isn't as uncompetitive when PSG walked the league. Well, I say walked the league, they didn't when Emery was manager for one season. But See, that, that just still, I, I don't know how you don't <laughs> but, win the league with PSG. But, but I mean, no disrespect to Monaco, yeah. but you know, it's just a bit but, odd. <laughs> yeah, the French league, it's not even, not just in terms of overall quality, but in terms of the way it's played is very different to the, uh, the I Premier would league. say out of like the top five leagues, they are fifth. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, like Bundesliga and the Italian uh, league, yeah. so much better, obviously, yeah. top two Premier League and uh, La Liga. Yeah. Um, later on in that match, there was a scrappy goal from Lewis Dunk, in which goal line technology actually worked. Um, yeah, got anything to say about that? Yeah, I mean, again, it just goes to show that it does work. It's just, obviously, for Sheffield United, it was very unfortunate. Yeah. 
Um, but in a way, it's good to see that it still does work. I just think it was literally just a one in a hundred chance of that ever happening. Yeah, it was if really that, like, unlucky. Like, I don't know how, as I said, like, I don't know how long it's been in the game for now, but yeah. long enough that it's never um, failed mm. uh, to recognise if the ball goes like line or not. Um, and then in the 95th minute, Neil Mope scored to produce the Arsenal fan TV content that we all want to see. Which was just just seen like, off. I saw like this video of um, all celebrating when Pepe yeah. scored. <laughs> Uh, doing the celebration and then it just cuts to um, obviously Dunk scoring and then it's just typical that Malpay had to yeah. score it was, in the 95th minute and obviously the the brawl at the end yeah it was they were, they were um, rattled he was like he was oh, he talked about after the game basically how he needed to how Mopay needed to shut them up and it was just yeah especially uh, Matteo Grenduzzi oh, who he, I he think does he could be heading. good but yes I mean, some of the things, again, I've seen on Twitter, it really <laughs> does just baffle me. Like, um, so it's like, oh, uh, shows you the winner. I'm just like, no, it doesn't. It just <laughs> means he's hot-headed. Like, Ali was hot-headed. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I know he punched someone, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'd he probably punched say someone. choking someone is worse than punching yeah. someone not that, you, not that you should be doing either in a match but. <laughs> of course just I'm, I'm just sort of comparing it I mean I didn't probably need to yeah. but just in the yeah, sense of was, being hot headed at a young age yeah. um, and then on Sunday uh, we had last three matches uh, Newcastle beat Sheffield United 3-0 after uh, Sheffield United did have a play sent off but after that it just didn't really seem to turn out a bit of a surprising result uh, Jolinton scoring, which is a shock. I saw your tweet about um, that. But yeah, I'm I'm just so happy that he scored against someone other than Spurs. Purely based on the fact, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, see, I, I said this as well. I hope he turns good for Newcastle, yeah. but it, it, forty million for him. I'm mm. still not sure how Hoffenheim managed to get that. But as well, I will say quickly. He hasn't necessarily played in the correct system. No. That's um, to his style of play. No. Uh, at Hoffenheim, uh, it's just, well compared to Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle. It's just the sort of team they are at the moment, especially under Bruce. They have to be compact. Yeah. Uh, especially at the back, so he's not going to get many chances. But of course, he had to score against Spurs <laughs> um, in the third game. Um, I mean, that was just shocking. Then I still remember it now. With, Sanchez, Alderweire getting mixed up, and that's a shame. I mean, Danny Rose can really do much, but apart from, the, well, I'll stop talking about Spurs. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a surprising. It, it, was, it, was, it was, was a surprising result that Newcastle beat Sheffield. Yeah, and especially as well. Um, was it? Uh, was it John Egan got sent off? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'll double check. I, that. If if it wasn't, do apologise. Um, but I don't know uh, how, and it was it was one of the other centre backs. Um, who completely missed the ball uh, for St yeah. Maximin to score? I don't think it, it was harsh on Henderson because I don't think Henderson could have saved that his near post because, well, he was expecting uh, the defender to deal with it. Yeah. But then after that, they were just really good. Um, uh, it was it was when they took full advantage. It was Egan that got sent off, so don't worry, you got that one right. Oh, good. <laughs> um, <right> Chelsea <laughs> came from behind to beat Villa two one at Villa Park. A match that they probably did deserve to win, but the, the way that, the way it happened, the quick turnaround was surprising. 
Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say surprising. Well, yeah. At least uh, they they were very dominant. I mean, I'd expect them to. Villa are trying to, you know, uh, stay up, of course. But again, just number one of those teams. I'm just mm. I'm very like I don't really want them to no. go down because I like Villa. Um, some of their fans can maybe be. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to say it. Just I don't know about controversial. Um, yeah. But I mean, I would be defending of some, someone like Grealish a lot because I mean he is a good player. But um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much good for Villa. I mean, and again, Chelsea. Well, obviously they've got more quality, and of course Giroud had to score. Yeah, of course he had um, to score, which is a shame. Um, I saw a lot of people talking about Grealish disappearing again, and I wouldn't say he's a particularly inconsistent player, but there are a few occasions where he does become a bit invisible in games like this. Um, I don't think it takes away from the player that he is too much because he is really talented and he isn't playing in the best team with loads of support. But do you think him disappearing like that somewhat often is a bit of a concern? Um, I think, especially uh, the way Villa were playing, they were just sort of sitting back. That's not going to help someone yeah. like Grealish. I know he can carry the ball well, but... It's not say like Phil's playing in like number ten at United. He'd see a lot more of the yeah. ball, um, which I, I could see him probably going United, especially if um, Villa do go down. But um, I think he, I think he, I think he's a fantastic player, um, and I'm, I'm I'm still annoyed that we didn't yeah, I get am him as well. when Villa went down. It's just even uh, at a point of retail value, which is obviously where where that sort of club who like to look into that. Well, obviously anyone would, but I mean, where we like to buy players who are sort of like young and try and see what their future value is. But um, it is, um, I I don't think it's at at all concerning because most of the time, he well, arguably he carries Villa. I hope Villa fans wouldn't be too mad at me for saying that. I I think most most would agree with that, to be honest. Um, Yeah, he's just, he's on his day, he's, uh, he's fantastic. Um, obviously there's that debate with him Madison um, and Ali yeah. uh, I, I still think Delhi's on top th- of yeah. that um, on his day yeah, um, yeah well, I'll, again it's <laughs> what it is um, and then the final game that we saw last week was a pretty boring Merseyside derby with not many not many talking points in that at all really it was really underwhelming um, one talking point actually, uh, nothing to do with the actual game. Um, I think I saw something, it was the most viewed match on Sky Sports ever. Wow, um, that's weird. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I've remembered that right. It was like five and a half million. That's crazy, something like that. Of um, all the games to tune into, I know, but if, if anything that's to go by, I think there's. I'm I'm not sure what other derbies apart from North London derby, but I'm pretty sure that'll be beaten then. Because if yeah. if the Merseyside derby, I know it's Liverpool, yeah. um, and maybe people because I know Ancelotti would probably have a lot of fans as well. Mm. Um, obviously, they're yeah. obviously like sporting managers, um, but I do expect that to be beaten. But that just shows a lot of how much like football's yeah. been missed, and that well five and a half million people wasted their time essentially <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how many how many of the five and a half million were still watching by the end of the match <laughs> but, to be fair I, I actually watched all of yeah, it because I, well. I know what Liverpool were like in um, in late in, late uh, game situations as well yeah. yeah especially set up with Mane a couple of years ago 
Yeah. Um, but I thought Everton were like they defended really yeah. well. Um, I think obviously um, Liverpool missed Robertson, yeah, absolutely, uh, and Salah yeah, a yeah. lot. Um, and obviously that thing with um, Marnage just before the start of the game. Uh, <laughs> I was just, about to say there was not many talking points realistically apart from the viewing figures. Tom, Dav- Tom Davies hitting the post and Marne sprinting down the line when he was supposed to yeah, of course. at the start of the match. But, yeah. For the next segment of the episode, we're going to talk about our predictions for the rest of Premier League season and what the final table is going to look like. Like our Champions League, who's going to finish in the top four spots, just below that, who's going to miss out, who's going to get Europa League and who's going to go down. Um, we're going to start off talking about relegation. So, Matt, do you want to talk about the three teams that you think will be going down? Um, so, personally, I think, well, Norwich bottom, I think that's most people's thing. Um, I see, as I said, I think they're a good side, but they just haven't got enough quality or, uh, well, they just haven't got it to stay in the, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, 19th, I've got Bournemouth again. A shame to see them go down because I like Eddie Howe. I like, um, well, where they used to play, but I think just this season, it's sort of caught up on them. They've what they've been in the league for like what five, six years now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just caught up on them. And then 18th, which was quite hard for me in a way, because um, you've got teams like um, Watford, West Ham. But I've gone with Villa. Again, I don't really want them to go down either, just because I like Villa. Mm. But I just think... Um, I know it's Chelsea, but you've got to win those sort of games, unfortunately. Yeah. And I just don't think they're going to do it. Um, and I think West Ham will sort of... Um, I think they'll be okay, even though they've got a tough running. But as I said, I think... Um, I think out of the lot, I think it'll be like West Ham, like 17th or 16th. Um with Watford and then I think uh, yeah so yeah. I just think uh, so Norwich bottom Bournemouth and Villa I, I agree with Norwich being bottom I really can't see them getting any higher than that but as I mentioned it is a, it's a shame when they have got good players and a good manager who especially the players they're probably a few of them will leave if they get if they get promoted the likes of Max Aarons he's target of top six clubs Todd yeah. Cantwell as well uh, Jamal, Jamal Lewis, Lewis yeah um, but yeah, I don't see them finishing any higher than bottom, unfortunately. I've got Villa at 19th. It's because it's really close down that like, I feel the teams above Norwich are quite interchangeable. I can't see Villa picking up that many more points. and th- I think they're going down at best 18th, but I think in 19th. And I've got I've actually got West Ham to go down at 18th. Okay. But yeah. um, as you, you mentioned, they're running. Their fixture list is pretty te- terrible. Even though a lot of the time they do tend to show up against some big clubs and then but they've got they've still got Spurs, Chelsea, uh United all left to play. They've got they've got like a big game against Norwich and against Watford who are another candidate to go down that's close there. And it is although they do have some quality in their squad, I just can't see them staying up with with David Moyes as manager. <laughs> See, but even though he he's it's so hard. yeah it is close Bournemouth they could very easily stay up and Bournemouth could very easily go down but then again Bournemouth also have a lot of quality in their squad but I fancy Bournemouth to get a result like squeeze out a win or a crucial draw more often than I do with West Ham personally I just 
Bournemouth have just haven't been playing well all season, really. Yeah. That's why I would think that they go down, and I think eventually West Ham's quality will show. Yeah. But again, it's just so hard to sort of think uh, with David Moyes. Obviously, done it with them. Uh, what? Uh, 2017-18 season uh, when he was there for like what six months um, but uh, yeah I, I think that they it's like they have I think they have too much quality to go down in a way like when you see West Ham you wouldn't think they'd be bottom three you'd think at least between t- like 12th and like I, I guess like around 8th yeah, they, maybe. they so look like, on paper like a mid-table a side because like if you compare like their squad to say like Sheffield United, you'd be like, oh yeah, Sheffield United are going to go down. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sure most people said that at the start of the year. Yeah. But Sheffield United have been so good, um, and all credit to Chris Wilder and obviously his players but, for getting them into yeah. the position they're in now. Well, West Ham do have a strong team, like got quality in the side, like Haller that they signed for a lot of money, Jared Bowen. Um, I know Fournals and Anderson haven't really hit done what's expected of them, but they are still decent players. Uh, Issa yeah. Diop was apparently a target of a couple of top six sides for a while. I don't know if he still is. And then Fabianski. Obviously, Fabianski has been really uh, good for them as well. I was well. going to say, uh, yeah, of course, and uh, Declan Rice. Declan Rice, sorry, yeah, uh, forget I, him. I like a lot. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I I can see them going going down. Um, we'll go on to the top the, the top half of the table. I think we should uh, mention our top four first, so we can see who uh, we've both left out of the Champions League places. If uh, do you want to say your top four first? Yeah. Um. So I've actually got the same top four as it is now. Right. So obviously Liverpool, uh, Man City second. Yeah. Um. But I've got Chelsea third, and Leicester fourth. Uh, I've I've got exactly the same. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Uh, if you've got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just think Leicester will sort of tail off and I just think Chelsea will just... They'll be fine. Yeah, for Chelsea will be fine. Um, and yeah, no, I think Leicester will be fine. Yeah, um, Leicester have got the quality to keep their top four spot, but I just don't... I don't see them finishing above Chelsea, who... I mean, they're only three points above them yeah. now. Um, goal difference, uh, Chelsea have got more as well. So no, no, Le- Leicester, Leicester have a better goal difference than Chelsea. What's Leicester that? have a, Leicester have a better goal difference than Chelsea, I think. Oh yeah. wait, I th- no, no, I think you might be right. Yeah. Actually, yeah, Leicester have got thirty, Chelsea have got thirteen, which is oh yeah, wow, the lot of the goal really... difference is is pretty poor for a lot of teams in the league this season. Like Tottenham's is only seven, Palace are ninth with a goal difference of minus four. I don't know how Palace are there, <laughs> as I said, no, no disrespect to them, yeah. but Ar- it Ars- just goes to show how like, yeah. weak Arsenal, we've been, course, and n- you yeah. know. Arsenal have got a goal difference of zero, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think Leicester will they'll drop below Chelsea, but I think they'll comfortably keep their spot in the top four. So that means yeah. we've both chosen to leave United and Spurs out of the top four. If you, do you want to say the places you've got below them? Okay, so um, personally, just a like, little side note, I think Man City's ban will go through, but maybe reduced to a year. Yeah. So um, that, I think Man United will shout. finish fifth. Yeah, I think Manchester United will finish fifth. Then I've got Wolves at 6th and Tottenham at 7th. Um, I think uh, with Man United, they've, I think they were quite they were good against us. Um, but having players like Pogba back is so massive. And Rashford, of course, as well, not to forget about him. Um, even like their bench options, like what they brought on Greenwood. Um, even like Agalo's all right, yeah. he's done all right there. 
Um, even with uh, Hogby on the bench and bringing on, or as if you if you're going to like switch Fred out or um, you know McTominay, anything like, they're all very they're good. All good. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then I've got Wolves going up Tottenham. Uh, I just think I really admire this Wolves side. Um, I know maybe they're not the biggest fans of other, like maybe like other top six clubs or anything like that, just just because of how they've got their money. Uh, and how they basically just, well, obviously they came up last year, finished, what, seventh? Yeah. Um, and now they might even get Champions League. But for me, I think they'll get Europa League, um, which again isn't bad for the second season. Well, that's a, back that's in a good achievement. European football, two seasons in a row, is, is a good thing yeah, for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just, I just think they've got that edge over us. Uh, so obviously, yeah, I've got our seventh, um, which I feel really sort of harsh with Sheffield United. But yeah. I just think. Again, I know they went down to 10 minutes in Newcastle, but it it does sort of show that maybe now people won't be as sort of like um, like questionable towards Sheffield yeah. on how they play. Because obviously they do that whole, uh, they do three at the back um, and they uh, use like their wide Yeah, the kind of wing, wing back like situation, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just think, well, I mean, we, we should finish top seven. I, I will be quite disappointed if we don't now, albeit that we get some injuries. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, if we do, yeah. just because I know what we're like. Um, being our, I think this Wolf side is, is really good with like Jimenez, Dharma, Traore, Jota. Um, and they've got a solid defence as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, my fifth, sixth and seventh is similar. I've got United at fifth as well. But I've got Spurs above Wolves at sixth and Wolves at seventh. But that could easily okay. easily go <laughs> the way you said. I think United are going to finish fifth. I I can't see like the battle for those places is it's all quite close. United on on forty six as well as Wolves, Sheffield United two points behind them, and where and then Palace and Spurs both two points behind Sheffield United. It's close. It's yeah. close there. But United have got um, enough quality in their squad to comfortably finish fifth. I think. Um, they have got. They haven't got. I don't think they're playing any of the traditional top six. No, they're not. They're they're only they're playing Sheffield United and Leicester, which are two big games for them. But they've got a better running compared to some other other teams. Uh, what I will say is, with Man United, they've been keep keeping a lot of clean sheets. I mean, I know it's again after three months, but uh, at the back they're actually very yeah. good, um, keeping quite a lot of clean sheets, um, and they're just defending has been just sort of better. Um, I think they I mean obviously Maguire wasn't he, I, I think he was good against us obviously for that Bergwin but I mean I think that's just the sort of you know the sort of player yeah. he is but in, he's, he's massive and at times he will turn very slowly so obviously <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I think um, I think their defences yeah like, I've, they've been much better like uh, from uh, January up until uh, March obviously and then yeah, no, I think they've got enough quality just to finish it. Maybe sneak fourth, but I, I just think Leicester have got I that. I think they've got it as well, uh, yeah. I just, I, I just see them dropping down um, to... Uh, I've got Leicester, obviously. Yeah, we both got Leicester at fourth. Yeah, even if Leicester, Leicester are at the moment eight points ahead of United, I don't think they'll tail off that far to drop out of the top four. Yeah. Um, interesting to see that neither of us have Sheffield United or Arsenal in the top seven. Uh, where do, where do you, out of interest, where do you think Arsenal will finish? Uh, I think 
ninth probably. Yeah. I don't think Palace will finish I agree. there. Um, and I, yeah, and I think Sheffield United will get eighth because I still think Sheffield United will still be okay. Um, it's it's a tough one that because they yeah. are they, a lot could change. Obviously, in the Premier League, anyone can be anyone. Um, but I can't I can't see Sheffield United finishing any higher than eighth, which is a bit unfair on them because because of the season that they've had. And um, what I will say though with Sheffield United, uh, their next their next fixtures are very uh, tough. They They've are, got, yeah. Um, United next, which they can't play. Uh, Henderson, of course. Um, then they've got Arsenal, Tottenham. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, no, just looking at it here. So yeah, so they've got Man United, Arsenal, Tottenham, Burnley, Wolves, Chelsea, Leicester, Everton, Southampton. Yeah, it's a so really difficult run. They've got they've got the rest of the top six uh, apart from Liverpool and City. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, Arsenal. I mean, tr- traditional, traditional top, top six. six. Um, and not Leicester. Uh, but y- y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they've got some very tough fixtures mm. ahead. But I, I still think they'll be fine for, say, top eight, top nine. Yeah. Uh, and I shouldn't see them finish 10th or below mm. that. And um, as, as for Arsenal, they've got a tough run in as well. And I there's a, four consecutive games that I can't really see them getting winning any of. Um Three get from match day thirty three. They've got they've got Wolves, they've got Leicester, they've got Spurs, and they've got Liverpool. For those four games, I really can't see them taking a win from any of those four games, given the current state of their team. Wait, sorry, is that is that four in a row? Yeah, like, that's all. The, that's all in a row. The, those games are all in a row. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> um, so with the state that yes. their team's in, injuries, um, just overall not being that good or that what, what you'd expect from Arsenal, I can't see them finishing above 8th at best but I'd put them at ninth. Well, I think that's just I wouldn't as much as it, as it would be disappointing for a team like Arsenal but for some it, it, it's just broken right now like I think um, I think I think know, it's a yeah, bit of like part of the process if they're given Arteta time to rebuild so like in Klopp's first season there was low expectations for him. He finished, I think, he finished eighth with Liverpool, and he was, yeah, yeah he was given time. West Ham above. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was insane. <laughs> but he was given he was given time to time to rebuild, time to cut the deadwood, time to bring in players who are actually going to make a difference in the first team and see where they are now. Um, it's similar situation, not exactly quite to the same extent, but with Pochettino at Spurs, who was given time to rebuild, get rid of the deadwood, uh, rebuild the team in his image, and he got them to them to heights that we'd never achieved before if they let Arteta do the same I think that's that's what's best for Arsenal at this point yeah again uh, I, I totally agree with Bill there even going back to say like Pochettino like arguably didn't get um, sort of backing towards the end of his reign uh, like when he got sacked maybe he could have got given more time yeah. but I just think with football it's ever changing yeah, and yeah. unfortunately the manager's going to be the first one to go um, with Arteta um there's a lot of potential in him to be, say, uh, what, I'm not sure about one of the best, but just a very good manager, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, so it's, it's going to take a long time for Arsenal, um, as well as us. But I just, I, we, I probably would say we have a better squad than them. I would, I, yeah. Um, we don't have, we don't have. And the better manager. Yeah. But it's just very, um, obviously we've got to see what Mourinho does, because at the moment I'm, I'm not Mourinho out, I'm, I'm, very much Mourinho win, but if I don't see some sort of identity and, yeah. um, you know, just 
not negative football going forward, and because <laughs> I'm I'm hoping he can change. Yeah. Um, but with say like Arteta, I think I think they'll be okay in the end. But that's if they back him, um, and also um, the like the board have to yeah. be with him in terms of um, like sticking it out. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna have to be there for like two three years before mm. they start to like proper change. I think squad depth is a bit of a problem at both Spurs and Arsenal at the moment, and they have got a lot of players in their first eleven as well that are could be considered deadwood. Um, yeah. It's a reason that both managers need to be backed financially. And with Spurs, I think it's, it's unreasonable to be Mourinho out at this point when he's been at the club just, I think, what, like seven months and no... And you can't really even no. count that he's really, made, obviously... He's made one real signing, which is Bergwijn. I know we've got Fernandes on loan, but he, he's, he is on loan. I know there's an option to buy. He hasn't shown that... He hasn't, well, been given that much of an opportunity to show where he can do that much yet. Yeah. He was poor against United, but he played didn't play. Sticking him out, sticking him out on the left wing was a bit of a mistake. But. Yeah, even that, like he played, he's played on the right before uh, and behind a striker. But I don't think either are going to be like long term. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, uh, with Jetson, he hasn't even someone like um, Winks. They both haven't really found their long term position. No. Um, but I mean, they both got uh, age and time on their side, especially Jetson. So. Um, Hopefully we yeah. get to see something of Jetson because he's basically got what a year and a bit to prove yeah. that he's worth the fifty million unless Levy can sort of get the fee yeah. a bit down, obviously because of the whole yeah. coronavirus thing. So um, and with Mourinho and negative football, I know I never want to see negative football. But if we play negatively and win trophies, I I won't complain. But like one hundred percent, yeah. And that's what why they've brought Mourinho in to win trophies. He's won everywhere he's gone. It's the biggest challenge of his career at Tottenham. To, well, yeah, biggest challenge of his career at Tottenham to turn him around and win trophies. But if we're playing negatively and it produces the results, then I can't be too mad at that. Uh, just sort of like a question to you. Um, obviously, as you as you've just said, and I said I agree with you. Um, if we play sort of negative football and win trophies, obviously we would be very happy with that. But do you think, say, he went to um, uh, Liverpool, Man City um, to play negative football and win trophies? Do you think there would be more like of a reason for them to try and call Mourinho out because of playing negative football? Yeah, um, I can see say, that. So, like, in in terms of a way of how Mourinho was quite well with that second uh, when they finished second with Manchester United and they were very quick to w- want to hang him out after that yeah uh, if you understand I, know, I, 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 mean. do, I do know what you mean like turning a team that plays attractive football and a team that plays Mourinho's kind of football but and of course we haven't won a lot no. so obviously we're going to say that we don't see well won a lot recently and obviously we're not going to moan well we shouldn't really moan if we win something uh, under him yeah playing but I, I, I don't mind that even though not re- not under Poch's last uh, few months, or arguably last year at the club, we didn't play attractive football. But when we were like the high pressing, quick tempo style of football that he actually liked to play, we were one of the most enjoyable teams in the watch, uh, one of the most enjoyable teams in the league to watch. But um, and that didn't really last, unfortunately, with Pochettino. And then Mourinho's come in and plays nothing like Pochettino. But I feel like attractive football it is is not. It's not essentially a priority. It's always nice, but and it genuinely does tend to lend itself to better results. But with Mourinho, if you're not gonna 
if if he's not going to play attractive football, but he still wins trophies, then I'm really not going to complain. I, I personally, I don't think like Spurs fans should be too um, quick to judge or say, "Oh, Mourinho, wow, he's yeah. not playing negative football, but winning trophies." Like, we don't really have that right to say, um, like to speak negatively if we're winning stuff. Yeah. Um, compared to, as I said, like compared to someone like if he went to like I don't know Man United again or. Well, it's time at Man United, uh, Liverpool, City, uh, maybe Chelsea again, but um, it's it's just I, I think they've got more of a right to be like, no, we don't, we shouldn't be playing this football, but this isn't so good yeah. way. Um, but, you know, I, I I hope we won't see it too much uh, still, yeah. Um, because I mean, even under Pochettino, we didn't win anything under him. I mean, we came so close like so many times, but. Um, Obviously, didn't prove anything. Didn't win anything. Yeah, like, that's the harsh reality. Unfortunately, didn't work. Didn't work out in that sense for him. So we've just got to hope that Mourinho can do it. For the last segment of the episode, we're going to talk about a lot of the debate and some of the questions um, surrounding the Premier League's restart, as suggested by my friend Millie. Shout out to Millie. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that um, most people are talking about, obviously the most obvious situation is no fans being in the stadium. And I think you can see that it does have a bit of an effect on the players. Not as much as the fact lack of match fitness that they have not playing in three months, but the fact that there's no fans playing in a realistically completely different environment does have a big impact, not only on the players, but on the viewer as well. Yeah, um, especially with uh, no fans. Um there's almost like uh, I don't know if you've seen any figures of it. Um, the home advantage is sort of lowered. Yeah. Uh, in Bun- in Bundesliga is what like you see. It, obviously, we can see it more because there's more uh, data to go off of. Um, but it just goes to show uh, what happens if like just yesterday with the Merseyside derby, um, would Everton uh, play like more expansively, uh, not be sort of. Uh, sitting back in a way against Liverpool, yeah, because um, like the, the crowd can give you so much, as, as, and as I said, especially in a derby, it's so important uh, to have your fans behind you. Um, and I think it will hurt teams um, like maybe like the teams at the bottom, uh, Norwich, um, Villa, especially they've got great support. Uh, West Ham down there, uh, and obviously like teams like Bournemouth, Watford, and whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's. It's a shame, but it's just we just have to deal with it for now. Yeah, um, it's, so yeah. it is like a bit distracting when you look up in the stadium and you see that there's empty seats and all the seats covered up. It's weird for the viewer, but I'd, I'd rather this this football than no football. I, I was a bit apprehensive. Yeah, definitely. I was a bit apprehensive at the start. I was like, is it really going to be worth watching without real crowd noise and no fans in the stadium? And it, and it is like it's not the same by any means, but. I I am enjoying. I'm not finding myself like finding it. Un, I'm not finding it unenjoyable or anything. Yeah, like the quality is still there, um, and I think if it goes by our game with Man United, especially like with like how Man United, I don't know how we were playing wasn't amazing in terms of like actually watching us. Yeah. But I, th- I still feel like the quality is there. Yeah. Uh, albeit as well with the hair. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I I think as you said. Um, I, I was very like on edge of uh, about football restart, but I knew I was always going to watch it anyway. Yeah. Um, 
I think anyone who is a massive football fan or just, you know, a regular football fan will always just want to watch it. Yeah. So, um, as much as they might think uh, maybe they shouldn't have restarted it or if you go null and void or whatever like that, which I don't think was ever an option anyway, but um, goes to show uh, that I, I'm pretty sure everyone would watch it yeah. still. Um, something else we have to mention is match fitness or match sharpness. A lot of players you can tell aren't match aren't match sharp. Like especially as we mentioned, Harry Kane when he was playing against United, yeah, looked absolutely exhausted. Um, he has an injury, but obviously he ha- for him he hasn't played in six months. Most of the players haven't played in three, and you could you could tell even the players just the players haven't played in three months. It's making a massive difference. So like for example, the first game against um, first game was uh, Villa and Sheffield United where it was just really boring which you can put down to match fitness as well as, yeah. as well as the start of um, the uh, the City and Arsenal game which neither, neither uh, team City like struggled to get into the game the way they usually do until like the individual mistake by David Luiz um, but even then we saw City's quality yeah. like they grew into the game um it's expected. Um, I think it, it, it's annoying in a way because obviously we want to see like the top uh, football, but like teams are so like sort of uh, like adamant on sort of staying back instead of pressing. Yeah. Um, I think as I said, it's like it's so hard right now. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of see what's going to happen. So um, I think we will sort of see it uh, as games go on, but uh, you know it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, that also. Match fitness also leads to the uh, issue of injuries. Obviously, with Arsenal, they had three injuries so far already. Obviously, the Leno one isn't really particularly to do with match fitness. It was just a bit of a unlucky accident. But um, with Mary and Pablo Mari and Granit Xhaka going off in like the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's unlucky first of all, and it's just a bit, it's a bit sad to see when you want the players to be fit all the time and playing. Well, it's like with Liverpool yesterday, like um, Milner yeah, went off. Yeah. Uh, I think Matip went off with an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Salah didn't start uh, without even playing. It didn't even come on. Maybe it didn't come on, did he? No. No. Obviously, Robertson wasn't there as well. So, um, just goes to show. Yeah, three months off like, is going to have a big that. effect. Yeah. Um, something else that is uh, being debated at the moment is the water breaks uh, taken in the middle of matches uh, what are your thoughts on those um see uh if you do decide to listen to Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville because <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are um a bit uh I don't know they're, they're a bit annoying sometimes but I mean I like listening to them especially Gary Neville Jamie Carragher can be a bit more annoying at times but um <laughs> it's I get it if it's very hot. Yeah. But it's it's at the moment it's it's fine but I know this this sort of thing like uh, Gary Neville has touched upon a couple of times um maybe it's to do with hydration levels and if the sport science of it is that they need it then albeit fair enough it is what it is I mean um something like a couple of minutes that doesn't get played. Yeah. Uh but it's annoying well, like it's yeah, especially because no, it feels it is, unnecessary it and it can help teams in the sense of if they're uh, you know um, pinned back and then oh nope god water breaks yeah. now you're fine yeah. now um, sorry I just I just want to touch upon 
Um, which I'm, I'm a bit surprised that uh, with Gwen Doozy, I've just, it's just come through that he'll face no further action oh, wow. after what happened with Malpay. See, um, which just first thing that sort of annoys me, just because it's like Deli Ali, uh, he he faced uh, stuff with it, and other players yeah. as well have done. Because that. I don't get what's if the, right if the referee if wrong. the referee catches that he's getting sent off. Exactly, just yeah, because definitely. the referee hasn't. Doesn't mean that you can't go. You can't go back and address that situation. It's unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. That's just right. it's but yeah, through. as you're talking about um, water breaks, like it gives them the teams who are pinned down at the moment a chance to like recuperate and a little break. And it it's like a timeout in American sports, like basketball. Like it gives it gives them time to recuperate. And it's it's arguably not fair on a team that's on top. Also, it's annoying for the viewer, especially when it feels unnecessary. When it's in hot hot weather and like playing conditions like that absolutely you do actually need them but realistically it's it's just a bit it's a bit irritating i think it's uh different for stuff like basketball though. yeah but um, like but it, it's because it, it's always been like it yeah it's like but it's like similar to like the timeouts when it gives it it gives a, a, ch- a team a chance to recuperate and come together but like it's which is arguably unfair like you said on the attacking team but but in a way, it's sort of fair on each other. Yeah, they both in get the a sense break, of but... They both can, yeah. But I think, as I, as I said, like if one team's pinned back, can't get out of their own box, yeah, uh, and they're getting dominated, yeah. and then they get a chance yeah, yeah. to sort of stop for a while. Um, so, you know, uh, Jamie and Gary aren't too uh, fond no. of it. Um, <laughs> I'm... I think all in all, I think it's just good for the players if it's good on a sports science yeah. Uh, level yeah, yeah. but uh, it's just annoying it in a way annoying, because yeah. it just stops the flow of the game um, and the last thing about football restart I'm going to ask your thoughts on fake crowd noise on football channels um, for me um, as much as I don't think it's very good in the Premier League of just of what of what's on BT for the Prem yeah. and Sky Sports for the Prem um, I don't I don't actually lo- like how it is, but I still have it on. The only yeah. reason being, because I think for me, I'd rather have that noise in the background still. Uh, obviously, if it's if it's Tottenham, I'm always going to be watching. But if I'm say like watching, um, I don't know, like let's say like Moza Derby yesterday yeah. or Chelsea Villa, um, it's just that background noise. I prefer to hear that than just silence. Yeah, I, I agree. Talking of like the commentary or whatever, um, but I think they've got it. I don't know how they. I think they do it from. Either old games or it's from EA. Yeah, I think it's uh, a bit like of a combination. From FIFA and yeah. stuff. But, yeah. Um, um, Bundesliga is much better. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you've. Uh, but that might just be because their fans are always sort of loud. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, especially with teams like um, Dortmund, they've got their wall uh, with that bounce up and down. Uh, and some other teams are exactly the same. I think it's I think it's better to have it on. It's a, it is a bit distracting when you hear all the noise. And then you do look up and realise that the seats are all empty. And you're like, oh, it's a bit weird. Yeah, but, th- that is the sad. Yeah, bit, but, <laughs> but um, we'll get used. To I that. think it's a, I've, I don't mind listening to it about the crowd noise either. Like it's fine. I've listened to a bit of both, but it's a bit more like uncomfortable and it doesn't feel. Is I'd rather listen to it with crowd noise to be honest. Um, one thing I do like. I mean, I don't necessarily listen to it. Um, but I think Sky Sports have actually done quite well in doing the... Um, I don't know if you've seen it. So, um, I don't think it's for all games, but um, it's for the main, like, the big games. They've got, um, say, uh, for the Tottenham-Manchester United game, 
they had uh, Louis uh, Sahar, Paul Robinson uh, with, uh, I can't remember his name, um, but the presenter, I think, is it Adam? Or is it, so I, I, I can't remember his name. About, yeah. He's from Soccer AM. Yeah. Um, and uh, he does stuff on like Spurs YouTube channel. Um, but I think that's quite good as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't listen to it myself, but I think it's just good yeah. that they've got another option. I think it's good as well. Because then they have like, more sort of like talking throughout the game and that, but um, I still prefer to listen uh, on like the normal way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. Without having crowd noise. Um, that is the end of this episode of the Subs Bench. Thank you for listening and thank you for making it this far. Uh, big thanks to Matt for joining me. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, you can follow Matt on Twitter at MattTHFC underscore underscore. Is that right? Yes, yes quite right. <laughs> Lovely. And um, as I said, there'll be a politics episode coming out on Saturday with a guest. Uh, please tune into that and any feedback um, is greatly appreciated. And if you've got any questions, topics to talk about, or you're interested in uh, being on the podcast, you can tweet me at BenchPodWithSam or email me uh, BenchPodWithSam at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening. And yeah, see you soon.